Lord again. Don't forget, uh, next Sunday morning we'll be having Teen Challenge. Uh, hope you've uh, seen the list this morning and we're able to sign up, help participate in uh, providing food for them. We'll be having uh, food in the fellowship hall. And then we'll, uh, we got volleyball and uh, cornhole and stuff like that. Just gonna spend time with those guys and make it a day with them. So next Sunday night, we'll dismiss that service. But uh, be in prayer. I want this to be the kind of church that when those guys complete a program, I want them to, I want this to be the kind of church to where they say, I need to plug into that church. I need to get in there and be a part of them. And uh, if Brother Bob can feel that way and move from Michigan to Foley, was it a, was it a DVD or a CD you heard me preach on the first time? I was in Michigan, and uh, a friend of mine from North Carolina, she moved there quite a few years back, she said, uh, we're going to have a camp meeting down here, so uh, she said, oh, we're going to go down there uh, from Michigan to North Carolina and hear a camp meeting, you know, it was uh, Brother Shortridge, a friend of ours, and, uh, but we left early, and the friend said, well, you haven't heard this preacher, he's really good. So she mailed, she mailed three CDs to me, and I go, well, you know, they're pretty cheap. You know, I've heard like 45 of them. And uh, I put these CDs on, and I go, ooh, wow. I says, Brother Eddie's really, he's got the anointing. Right? He's got the stuff. And I made the decision right then. Uh, my closest friend said, you're crazy making all that trip down there. You're going to make all that trip to pick all of your stuff down there? I says, I want more of trying to make a show on myself. But I want more of the Lord. And uh, so those three CDs started it all. I still have the title of those CDs in my Bible. Praise the Lord for this church. I've never felt the Spirit of the Lord like this. Maybe ever. In church. And music, music ministry, the preaching, Brother Corey, Brother Eddie, Bible study brother here, Brother Joe, right? That's your name, Brother Joe. Terrific. If you've seen the, the weak ministry that I've seen, and then come into this, oh, that's, it. that's it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I, I'm praying that Sunday when it rolls around, those guys, uh, when they complete that program, they don't have a good church where they feel like they can belong and fit in and plug into. Uh, they'll, they'll drift right back into what they came out of. Uh, I know that from experience. So uh, let's be praying that God will give us a power pack day Amen. next Sunday. Amen. Uh, we're going to read tonight from Ephesians chapter number six. So good to see Sister Linda back in service with us. Got her sweet mom with her tonight. Amen. Good to have her. able to be here this morning, I just want to encourage you to go back, not because I preached it, but because I just feel like it was a word from heaven. This morning, uh, 
We're on a miracle march, not a rescue mission. What, uh, what started out miraculous for Peter turned into a rescue mission. He needed the Lord to pull him up and to save him. Instead of <coughs> walking in victory, he got distracted by what was going on around him. And uh, I just want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord. There's a lot going on. There's a new variant, new strain of the coronavirus coming out. You're going to hear about it 10 billion times over the next two weeks. I promise you, that's all you're going to hear. And uh, just keep your eyes on Jesus. I know what this world's going to try to do or is doing. I know it's uh, beat that they're marching to or whatever. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord and see what God will do in our midst. Ephesians chapter number 6. <coughs> Verse number 10 is where we'll begin reading. me to preach. Mm -hmm. I can go all, all afternoon without coughing. Oh. Stand behind this pulpit. Here it comes. Right. <clears throat> Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. I want to preach just a very simple message, a simple title. I want to preach on the power of God. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Pray for me tonight. Father, we stand before you tonight in need, O oh God, of your touch. I pray that you'll enable us to preach, O oh God. God, despite all the all the lies of the enemy, despite what's going on around us, despite, oh God, even tonight the condition of this uh, throat of mine, I pray, Lord God, you'll touch me. You'll enable me, oh God, to, to share what you've laid upon our heart for this service tonight. I thank you for what was said and done around the altar this morning. Oh God, we're back again tonight. God, with expectancy, with hope, with faith, God, that you're going to help us in these altars tonight. Somebody needs a miracle. Somebody, oh God, is going to be the receptacle. It's going to be the conduit of power in this house tonight. Let it be me. Let it be each of us and all of us. We ask it in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? amen. I was telling Brother Jason... Uh, 
I specifically remember on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night, I believe it was on a Wednesday night at Somerdale Assembly a long time ago, preaching on the on the same exact thought. I titled the message The Power of God, and I used for my text where the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible said that she felt within herself that she was healed. And Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? Peter said, well, we've all touched you. <coughs> so this whole crowd's thronging. And why would you ask who touched you? He said, I felt virtue leave out of me. The word virtue there was uh, interpreted power. I felt power leave out of me. And the woman, trembling and afraid, said, it was I. You know, I, I touched the hem of your garment, and I've been made whole. And I appreciate it, brother. I got two bottles now, so I'm going to be good. I have been known to do that. As recently as last Sunday night, when I was probably feeling as bad as I do now. <laughs> but I preached that night on the power of God, and I was telling Brother Jason, the last time I preached and had that for a title, just preaching on the power of God, that's when Jacob Twilley, as a young boy, was deaf there that night. And uh, Mike brought him up. We prayed over him. In the name of the Lord, he, that, that prayer was so powerful, he never even woke up out of his sleep. He just laid there, sound asleep. They left. You know, he never even woke up. I thought myself, oh, Lord. We prayed for him. I said, what if he don't get healed? And the Lord said, but what if he does? <laughs> He's got perfect hearing tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. God healed him. I said, man, if the Lord did that the first time that we preached on the power of God, I said, what might God do in this house tonight? Amen. Well, the answer would be whatever you need him to do. Amen. We serve a mighty, powerful God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, we wouldn't ever word it like that just in our everyday Alabama taught, we would say be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But in the King James, it's in the power of his might. I want to preach on two words tonight. The first being uh, strong. Be strong. And he tells us how we're going to do that in the Lord. He's not telling us to be strong, go to the gym, do so many push-ups a day and take your vitamins and all that. Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little. But it does, that does profit a little. Amen. That'll help you some, but that ain't what the apostle is talking about when he said, be strong in the Lord. The word strong there in the Greek is endunamo. And it means to empower, to enable or increase in strength to be made strong. And it's actually a compound of the words in and dunamis. The word in means 
En means I am, <laughs> if I can describe it. The word dunamis means explosive strength, ability, and power. And that's where we get our word dynamite from. When you couple in and dunamis together in dunamo, it represents a picture of an explosive power being deposited into some type of container, a vessel, or receptacle. The very nature of this word means that there must be some type of receiver for this power to be deposited into. You know, this power as we know it that would, uh, you know, light up a building or power that, you know, is stored in those receptacles and you got to plug into that power. That power has to be channeled. It's not just floating around. It comes from a power plant, a power source. And in our case, the source is God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that word strong there, in dunamis, the very nature of the word means there has to be a receiver for this power to be deposited into. In order to plug into that power, there has to be a receptacle. There has to be a, a conduit. There has to be a, a, a channel, something that you plug that power into to make that power flow through, to make that power resourceable to all who need it. You and I have been born again, the Bible says, to be receptacles of God. Holy Ghost conduits. That's what we are. When Peter and John are on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer, this is after the upper room, and they're on their way to pray. I, I like it when we on our way to pray, and we're already full of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Most of us don't get filled with the Holy Ghost till we've been in the prayer meeting. But when you pray without ceasing, when you live in a constant state of prayer, when your life is, uh, you know, from one prayer time and one devotional to another with God, the Bible said uh, praying to yourselves and making melody in your heart uh, and singing unto the Lord in your heart, walking in the Spirit, having the mind of Christ, abiding in Him, His Word abiding in you, musing on Him, meditating on him. We are spiritual people. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And as spiritual people, we walk in the spirit. We're led by the spirit. I've often said the best definition that I can come up with. Uh, you, you tell somebody, well, they ask you, you know, what church you go to? Well, I go to Bible Way Assembly. Well, what is that? It's Assembly of God. But I want to tell you, that, that might just strike a wrong vibe in them. I say, we're Pentecostal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Sister Darlene got asked this this morning. Are y'all Pentecostal? That was after the service. <laughs> she said, well, yeah. She said, well, I thought so. <laughs> thought that's what that was going on in here. Was the Holy Ghost speaking and moving. What is Pentecostal? I tell people, born of, filled with, and led by the Holy Ghost. That's what being Pentecostal is to me. When Paul tells us in Scripture to be strong in the Lord, he's essentially telling us to receive the supernatural strengthening, the internal deposit of power into your inner man. He told us in another epistle that we might be strengthened with might by his power in our inner man. A power whose purpose is to infuse a believer with an excessive dose of inward strength. A historical look, the word indunamo, you know, we're, we're talking about it's the Greek word, but you talk about Greek alphabet, Greek literature, it wasn't just simply Christian. We, we bring it out a lot because the Bible was written, the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek, and we <clears throat> do word studies. And, but a, a historical look at the study of the word proves uh, it, its word had a supernatural nature to it. It was used by Greek writers from the classical period to denote special individuals like Hercules. Hercules was a, a character, half, he was a son of the gods in Greek mythology. I'm not an expert in Greek mythology, but I've read just little clips and pieces of it. And the Greek gods, one of the gods came down and took a wife of earthly women and had a son, and that son was Hercules, and he had been handpicked by the gods and supernaturally given superhuman strength in order to accomplish superhuman tasks. But this Greek word, in dunamo, Paul is using this word to tell us that the strength of God, not a Greek God, not some false deity, you're, you've not been given Herculean strength. Because Hercules uh, is no God. There's no such thing as half God, half man. That's what a lot of people think that Trinitarians believe. That we believe that Jesus was half God and half man. That our God came in under Mary. She gave birth to a half God, half man. And our Jesus is akin to their Hercules, not on your life. That's not how it was at all. The Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin who never knew a man, and by faith she conceived in her womb. And that that was born of her was born in the flesh, not of the flesh. He was born of the Spirit. There was no sin in him. 
while he was embodied or encapsulated in a human body, he was all human. He was all man, but he was all God. There was no sin in him. There was no carnality in him at all. He was the second Adam. You understand what that means? Adam was created by God. He had no father before him. He was the creation of God. And God said of his son, this day have I begotten thee. There has never been a man like Jesus that is begotten of God, born not with an Adam nature, not with a sinful nature, but born with the divine nature of a holy God. Never was there guile found in his mouth. Never did he act independent uh, of God the Father or God the Holy Ghost. He was the embodiment of the word of God. He's always been and he always will be. Hallelujah. He's as eternal as the Father and the Holy Ghost. He's not, he wasn't created by the Father. You need to understand that because some people think he was. Jesus was not created by the Father. He was begotten of the Father when he was birthed of a woman. But in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. God said, And that's where Jesus came in. Jesus was the word. God said, and there was. And the Holy Ghost moved on the face of the waters. And every time God said, the Holy Ghost moved. You've got the Trinity in creation. Listen, Paul is telling us that the strength of God Not Herculean strength, but the strength of God himself has been infused into the human body, enabling us to defeat the devil and to pull down strongholds through Christ Jesus by the Holy Ghost. This Ephesians chapter 6 is telling you why you've been given power, because you're going to be in a wrestling match your whole life long. If God be for you, then all the hell is against you. And you're going to need power over all the power of the enemy. The power, be strong in the Lord. And that word strong is, is again in dunamis, which means to be infused with supernatural power. He said be strong in the Lord, and then he said in the power of his might. The word power there is the Greek word kratos. And kratos simply means demonstrated power. Dunamis means an explosive power that is generated on the inside that you are infused with that flows out of you as you are a conductor or a receptacle. Kratos describes that when that power comes out of you, The seen, felt, heard, witnessed, that is the word to describe the power. When it's in here, it's dunamis. When it gets out of here, it's kratos. It's the same power. 
One of them's working in you, and one of them's flowing out of you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God never put a cap on you. God never filled a man and capped him and bottled him. God filled you to empty you. God anointed you to use you. God gave you knowledge for you to share it. God saved you to, so you could tell somebody. He healed your body so you could carry the gospel. He gave you finance so you could get finance the gospel. He never puts a cap or bottles anybody. He intends to pour you out. So Kratos describes demonstrated power. The apostle, I quoted this morning, he said, I didn't come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom. He could speak several known languages. He sat as a student of the law under Gamaliel, who was one of the most renowned teachers of the law of his day. He said, concerning the law, I was a Benjamite. And concerning the law, I was blameless. I was more zealous than all of my fathers. I'm telling you, the man was the, was the equivalent of an Osama bin Laden. He was devout to his God. He lived according to his law, an impeccable life. And he meant to eradicate everything that he thought stood against the law. He was that kind of a man. He said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, because in the flesh I could do those things. He said, but rather I come to you in the demonstration and the power of the Spirit of God so that your faith might not be in man's wisdom, but that your faith would be in the power of God. Kratos' power is not a power that we adhere to and believe in intellectually. One of the saddest things is somebody trying to teach me about Pentecost and they don't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo! Somebody trying to teach me about an experience that they've never experienced. I just think that that's an oxymoron. How can you do that? Right. You can't do that. Peter and John said silver and gold on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. You can't give what you've never received. You can't be a conduit of anything that you're not plugged into already. Here's one of the most amazing things to me is that silver and gold are the two best conductors of electrical power known to man on the earth. Silver and gold I'll say it again, are the two best conductors of electrical power known to man anywhere. You got copper in a wire that's 
you know, running through this building, your home, and any business you go to, it's because it's more affordable. But it's not the greatest conductor of electrical power. If you wanted the greatest conductor, your house would be wired with silver and gold. But you couldn't afford to wire it. It would be far too expensive because that material is not nearly as common or as readily available. That's why it's called a precious metal. There's so much uh, less of it to go around. So the price is through the roof. Notice the, the wisdom of God in knowing that silver and gold is the greatest conductor of power had a man standing there as just a, a few days before had no power. A few days before he was denying that he knew God or knew Christ. He, he, he so adamantly denied it that he had cursed and said, I tell you, I know not the man. But now he's preached, come out of the upper room full of power. And 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom of one message. And now he's on his way to a prayer meeting the next day. And on the way there, a man's begging for alms. And he said, sir, I don't have silver or gold. But such as I have, give I thee. And silver and gold being the greatest conduits of power, God was saying, I don't look for silver to work through. I'm not looking for gold as a conduit, but what I created man for is to be a receptacle of my power. He said, you're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. Here's another amazing thing in the foreknowledge of God. Silver and gold is the most uncorruptible, precious metal in the world. Throw it in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. You can get a barnacle to grow on it, uh, but you'll never see a salt pit. Uh, you'll never see a rust pit. Uh, you won't find any corrosion in it. Uh, it is the most incorruptible metal known to mankind on planet Earth. But when compared to the power of God and his ability to redeem a lost man, silver and gold couldn't buy your soul from sin and an eternity in hell but the power of God snatched you out of Satan's clutches, pulled the black depravity out of your sin-sick soul and made you a holy, washed, pure, sanctified child of God. That's power. Woo, hallelujah. Kratos' power is demonstrative, eruptive, and tangible. It almost always comes with some type of external outward manifestation that one can actually see with his or her eyes. Kratos' power is not a hypothetical power. It is real power, or rather it is power in action. Kratos' power I'll tell you what it is. 
is when a disciple that wasn't there Sunday night. And when he comes back the following Sunday, they said, we saw the Lord. We ate with him. We handled him and touched him. We put our finger in the print where they drove the nails. We seen where they drove the spear in his side. And we handled the Lord. He said, I will not believe except I put my finger in the print where they drove the nails. And unless I can run my hand up through his side, I will not believe. And Jesus again walked in and he said, Thomas, he said, come and see where they drove the nails and put your finger there and take your hand and thrust it up into my side and be not faithless, but believe. He fell to his knees and said, My Lord and my God, that's Kratos' power. It is a visible display. It is a visible manifestation of the power of Almighty God. You can see it. It's tangible to the touch. You can feel the power of God. I don't operate by feelings when my when my own mind, when my own body betrays me and I can't feel God, I know by faith that he never leaves me nor forsakes me. But make no mistake, if he touches you in your body and heals you tonight, you'll feel it. Make no mistake, if you get baptized with power, did I get the Holy Ghost? Well, if you don't know, I would say no. Amen. I can tell you if you get it. You get it. Not only will you know it, everybody's going to know it. Hallelujah to God. Oh, Kratos' power is demonstrative. It's tangible. Almost always comes with some type of external outward manifestation that one can actually see with his or her eyes. Kratos' power is not hypothetical. It's real. It's, it's experiential. Ephesians 1, 19 and verse 20 declares that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he did so with Kratos power. Those verses read, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, of his Kratos, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And there it is again, Kratos, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in heavenly places. This means that we, you and I, as believers, possess resurrection power working on the inside of our life. Kratos' power overwhelmed the Roman guards, made them fall down as dead men. Kratos' power made the ground to shake the rocks to rend, hurled the stone away from the tomb. Kratos' power flooded that tomb where the body of Jesus lay and permeated every dead cell and fiber of that body with divine life until it became impossible for him to remain there on that slab, that body came back to life by the Kratos power of God. It is the strongest power known to God or man. Jesus said, behold, all power 
Kratos power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. There is no greater power known to man. And God said, I made you to be a receptacle of this power. Paul says, this power is available to every believer through Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? To conquer every demonic power and pull down every stronghold. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. You ain't up against Biden. You're not battling Pelosi, Schumer, Schiff, Nadler. Oh, I know their names because they're conduits of hell's tyranny upon mankind. You are not battling them. You can line every one of them up. I gotta be careful what I say. You could try them in a court of law, find them guilty of treason against the Constitution of the United States of America, line them all up and in one day in front of a firing squad and eliminate every single one of them and there'd be another conduit, another body, another person with a Democrat tag to their name to take their place. That ain't the way you're going to do away with that demonic power or stronghold. That is not how you change the family dynamic. That is not how God resurrects a home that was bound by the stronghold of hell itself. John the Baptist said the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Oh, yes, sir. Christ went right to the root of the problem, to Satan himself, and ripped it out of a man's heart by the power of the gospel, the power of the blood, and infused him with the Holy Ghost, the power of God, Kratos power, resurrection power, crucified with Christ, raised in the newness of life. He walks like Jesus. He talks like Jesus and he works the works that Jesus would have worked that's what you were made for or that's what you were born again for if any man be in Christ he's a new creature you were remade amen first time you were made in Adam's image the second time you're made in Christ's image. Amen. Why, why did God save me? I've preached this a thousand times. Why did God save me? To fill me. Why did God fill me? To pour me out. What happens when I'm poured out? You need to get refilled. And if you ain't never been poured out, then you need to empty it out. If you haven't done anything with what God has done in you, then you need to come to the altar 
And like Mary, you need to break yourself and pour it out. It's stagnant. It's stale. It's old. I want to tell you, you need to pray the prayer of David. Anoint me with fresh oil. And why? So I can feel God. So I can feel a rush. So I can feel a thrill for years at youth camp. But we pushed and primed and promoted that in our young people. We preached for the end to get a shout. To get a reaction out of them. Jump and run and shout. I'm an older man now. I don't preach for such reaction. I used to think that that was the epitome Oh, God, you can preach and the Holy Ghost fall. You can see those young people respond like that. You've had a meeting. I'm preaching for something deeper than for you to run, jump, or shout. They fall out on the floor. I don't mind you falling. I'll step over you. I'll walk around you. But what are you when you get up? How do you live when you get up out of that floor? That's where the power is required. How you gonna how you gonna do when you get on a job tomorrow and somebody rubs you raw? How you gonna act? What's gonna come out of you? What are you gonna do when you don't know what to do? Come on. Every devil in hell is stacked against you like cordwood. You feel like you're facing your Red Sea. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know everything's lovely right now. Your life is hunky-dory. You don't have any problems. I can tell you, if you're a teenager... You still living on mom and dad's dime. You don't have a bill. You got a roof over your head without a house note, without house insurance. You don't go and shop and buy the groceries. You don't budget that out of your budget. Uh, you, you, you've got very few problems. But you know, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend spat. Maybe, you know, some kind of little this or that. And I want to tell you the day's going to come. You're going to need power. Holy Ghost power. I'm not saying you don't need it now because as a teenager, you're going to need it. You hear me, young lady? When a boy tries to take your purity from you, you need Kratos power to just walk away. To walk away. I thought every daddy in here would have shouted me down over that. Amen. Young men, you need Kratos power, dunamis power. Amen, both of them. That when a young lady wearing nothing is giving herself away, that you can walk away. When you're ridiculed and made fun of for still possessing your virginity, you need dunamis power. You need Kratos power. I want to tell you, you can, you can go that route. You can go the way of the crowd. You can brag about it. But you can't have that and power. 
You're giving away more than your purity. You're giving away more than your virginity. Ask Samson when he woke up and he didn't have the power. I've watched preachers forfeit power. Forfeit power for popularity. Man, I want people. And I, I would like to have a lot of people, to be honest with you. You fill this house up. Any man that would tell you he don't like preaching to a house full if he's a preacher, he lied to you. Somehow, in this old human, earthly, carnal nature that we have to do battle with, it pats us on the back and gives us an attaboy. Man, if we're preaching to a house full, if we're preaching the big camp meeting where everybody wants to preach, if, if I mean, if we're doing something that nobody else is getting to do, that tends to swell the ego and inflate our head a little bit. Everybody wants to be a part of that. Everybody wants to do that. I've seen men of God trade power for that. I'd rather pastor the little church and have power than I have be the big shot. I'd rather pastor this church than be the superintendent of my denomination. I'm not telling you that a superintendent shouldn't be or cannot be a man of God with power. But I'm telling you oftentimes uh, uh, that, that there's this trade out. Politics gets involved in it. Everybody's got to like you because you get voted into that position. Well, vote me in or vote me out. But what you see is what you're going to get. Kratos is demonstrative. Look at me. Look me up and down because I'm not going to change. That power is working on the inside and that's why you see what's on the outside. Dunamis is bringing forth Kratos and you don't have one without the other. I've seen men, they want the Kratos, but they don't want dunamis. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They won't let the holiness of God work on the inside. And so the demonstrative power of a thrice holy God can't work on the outside. You don't get one without the other. Well, we like you preaching. We like you singing. We feel like you're anointed. Man, you're just too, you're too tight for us. Here's what I found. I'm too loose for the ultra holiness people. I'm too worldly for them. And I'm way too holy for the loose and the liberal crowd. So I just can't hardly find a place to fit in. So I'll just be me. And I'll just let Christ be Christ. 
in me. And I'll just preach where he opens the door. And if he don't open one, I'll just stay where he put me. Hallelujah. And I want to make heaven my home. Hell knows my address. Hell knows my kids' names. Hell knows my wife's name and my grandbaby's name. And hell knows my name. I think I'll just stick to an altar somewhere and stay full of the Holy Ghost. And if I get to wake up in glory, then I'll shout hallelujah with all the big wigs. You know, you can make it to heaven without being rich in this world's goods. You can make it to heaven having never wore a suit and tie. <laughs> I know what a liberal mind will think. Well, good, because I ain't going to dress like that no way. I don't care what kind of dress you wear. I just want you to cover up enough that I ain't got to close my eyes and look the other way. Amen. I don't care if it's a t-shirt and blue jeans. I don't care if it's one of those dresses that, you know, you cut out of a pattern from Sears and Roebuck catalog or one you bought down there at the outlet mall. I just want it to cover up enough to where we don't have to look the other way. I'm just telling you, rich or poor, tall or short, Big or little, old or young, you were born again to be full yeah. of the Holy Ghost. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what those boys need next Sunday when they get into this sanctuary? They need for this house to be full of dunamis. And full yes. of Kratos. Yes. Power. Power. Resurrection power. Power that has transformed the life of men and women before them and will transform the life of men and women after them. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Both of them involve power. That's the power those boys are going to need. That's the power that you and I are called to possess. Would you stand with me tonight? It was just about that simple. Years ago, Nothing fancy, nothing creative, nothing that people hadn't heard before on a Wednesday night where a little young boy deaf, born that way, couldn't hear when he came, but he could when he went home because the power of God was in that house. Well, I know he hadn't changed. I believe with all my heart the same power is at work in this house tonight. That dunamis power was working in you while you were on your way to church. And it's the Kratos power 
that desires to work through you while you're at church and when you leave the house of God. I may not know what you have need of, but it doesn't matter. It's nothing that the power of God cannot touch and bring it to pass. Father, I've preached your word tonight. And I have preached it by faith. I believe every word of it, oh God. There's nothing that I've said tonight that I believe in my heart you may not have the ability to do. So God, tonight we yield all of us, all of me, oh God, heart, mind, body, and soul. I yield all of me to all of you. And I ask you, oh God, to have your way in me tonight. Feel me. Feel me, oh God, with this power. Silver and gold have I none but such as I have. Give I thee. You're not looking for silver and gold to be your conduits of power. You're looking for a man or a woman that has surrendered their heart and life unto you in full, wholehearted submission and surrender. Washed by the blood of the Lamb. Walking in accordance and in obedience to your word. Oh God, baptize us anew with this power. Maybe somebody never realized why they needed such power. But oh God, if the church has ever needed to be infused with power from on high, we've ever needed to be plugged in to the power supply that our life be a receptacle. This world is in short supply of the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, fill us tonight. Infuse us tonight. Permeate our souls tonight with the power of the Holy Ghost. I want as many as will. If it's your prayer, God, fill me. Or if it's your prayer, God, I want you to refill me to re-baptize me in the fire and power of the Holy Ghost. Would you meet me in this altar?